Genesis chapter 27, reading in the Shocken Bible, the translation of Everett Fox in January of 2017. Now when Yitzhak was old, and his eyes had become too dim for seeing, he called Asaph, his elder son, and said to him, My son, he said to him, Here I am. He said, Now here I have grown old, and do not know the day of my death. So now, pray, pick up your weapons, your hanging quiver and your bow. Go out into the field and hunt me down some hunted game, and make me a delicacy such as I love. Bring it to me, and I will eat it, that I will give you my own blessing before I die. Now Rivka was listening as Yitzhak spoke to Asaph, his son. And so when Asaph went out into the fields to hunt down hunted game to bring to him, Rivka said to Yahav, her son, saying, Here, I was listening as your father spoke to Asaph, your brother, saying, Bring me some hunted game and make me a delicacy. I will eat it and give you a blessing before Yahweh, before my death. So now, my son, listen to my voice, to what I command you. Pray, go to the flock, and take me two fine goat kids from there. I will make them into a delicacy for your father, such as he loves. You bring it to your father, and he will eat, so that he may give you blessing before his death. Yahav said to Rivka, his mother, Here, Asaph, my brother, is an airy man, and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me. Then I will be like the trickster in his eyes, and I will bring a curse, not a blessing, on myself. His mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only listen to my voice and go. Take them for me. He went and took and brought them to his mother, and his mother made a delicacy such as his father loved. Rivka then took the garments of Asaph, her elder son, the choicest ones that were with her in the house, and clothed Yahav, her younger son. And with the skins of the goat kids she clothed his hands and the smooth parts of his neck, and then she placed the delicacy and the bread that she had made in the hands of Yaakov, her son. He came to his father and said, Father, he said, Here I am. Which one are you, my son? And Yaakov said to his father, I am Asav, your firstborn. I have done as you spoke to me. Pray arise, sit and eat from my hunted game, that you may give me your own blessing. Yitzhak said to his son, How did you find it so hastily, my son? He said, Indeed, Yahweh your God made it happen for me. And Yitzhak said to Yaakov, Pray come closer, that I may feel you, my son.
whether you are really my son Asaph or not. And Yaakov moves closer to Yitzhak, his father. He felt him and said, The voice is Yaakov's voice. The hands are Asaph's hands. But he did not recognize him, for his hands were like the hands of Asaph, his brother, Harry. Now he was about to bless him when he said, Are you he, my son Asaph? He said, I am. So he said, Bring it close to me, and I will eat from the hunted game of my son, in order that I may give you my own blessing. He put it close to him, and he ate. He brought him wine, and he drank. Then Yitzhak his father said to him, Pray come close and kiss me, my son. He came close and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is the smell of a field that Yahweh has blessed. So may God give you from the dew of the heavens, from the fat of the earth, along with much grain, and new wine. May people serve you, may tribes bow down to you, be master to your brothers, may your mother's sons bow down to you. Those who damn you, damned. Those who bless you, blessed. Now it was when Yitzhak had finished blessing Yaakov, yes it was, Yaakov had just gone out from the presence of Yitzhak his father that Esau, his brother, came back from his hunting. He too made a delicacy and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, Let my father arise and eat from the hunted game of his son, that you may give me your own blessing. And Yitzhak, his father, said to him, Which one are you? He said, I am your son, your firstborn, Esau. Yitzhak trembled with a very great trembling and said, Who then was he that hunted down hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it all before you came, and I gave him my blessing. How now blessed he must remain. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with a very great and bitter cry, and said to his father, Bless me, me also, father. And he said, Your brother came with deceit and took away your blessing. He said, Is that why his name was called Yahav Heelsneak? For he has now sneaked against me twice. My firstborn right he took, and now he has taken my blessing. And he said, Haven't you reserved a blessing for me? And Yitzhak answered and said to Esau, Here, I have made him master to you, and all his brothers I have given him as servants. With grain and new wine I have invested him. So for you, what then can I do, my son? Esau said to his father, Have you only a single blessing, father? Bless me, me also, father. 
And Asaph lifted up his voice and wept. Then Yitzhak, his father, answered, saying to him, Behold, from the fat of the earth must be your dwelling place. From the dew of the heavens above you will live by your sword. You will serve your brother. But it will be that when you brandish it, you will tear his yoke from your neck. And Esau held a grudge against Yaakov because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, Let the days of mourning for my father draw near, and then I will kill Yaakov, my brother. Rivka was told the words of Esau, her elder son, and she sent and called for Yaakov, her younger son, and said to him, Here, Esau, your brother, is consoling himself about you with the thought of killing you. So now, my son, listen to my voice. Arise and flee to Laban, my brother, in Haran, and stay with him for some days, until your brother's fury has turned away, until his anger turns away from you, and he forgets what you did to him. Then I will send and have you taken from there, for should I be bereaved of you both in a single day? So Rivka said to Yitzhak, I loathe my life because of those Hittite women. If Yaakov should take a woman from the Hittite women, like these, from the women of the land, why should I have life? So ends the 27th chapter. Genesis chapter 27, Blessing by Fraud. Another deceptively familiar tale. Jacob takes a blessing from Isaac by deceit and deception that's initiated, aided, and abetted by Rebekah. Esau the elder was due the blessing from Isaac, but the old guy is blind enough and deaf enough to fall for the trickster's charade in place of his brother. Sure, we recognize the human nature exhibited in each character's role, but none of them are models of morality. This is worse than heel-grabbing at birth or trading a pot of red stew for the birthright. What kind of father or divinity honors a blessing obtained by such tricksters? Does it help? To read it this time as a legend of peoples, not persons. Esau stands for Edom, straddling the trade routes south. Those peoples are closer than Ishmael's Arab peoples, less distinct than Egypt and Sudanese nations and empires. Millennia of trade disputes continue to shape how we read this reality Marriages, then, are less an issue of incest than of clan and ethnic loyalties. Endogamy in the face of threatened assimilation. Egyptian Hittite wives are particularly threatening as signs of African alliances of Edom to the south of Judah, in tension with the Asia Minor alliances with Lebanon, Syria, and Turkey north of Israel. Esau gets a consolation prize. Exiled from good land, 
to marshal freedom, the identity of Edom, the nation south of Israel, the gatekeeper to the Gulf. Esau won't kill his brother, pending mourning for their father. And Rebekah uses the time to orchestrate Jacob's flight to Haran, away to the old country, like Michael Corleone heading out to Sicily to avoid the consequences of his deception. In our affluence and privilege in the world, our subculture has trouble hearing these biblical tales from and for minority peoples. Our racism is inextricable from our estimation of gangs or ethnic affiliations in racialized communities. Those who feel the existential threat of assimilation or economic and social exclusion from our mainline dominant host culture. What if we identified less with the privileged white supremacy? This biblical pattern of God's election of the younger, not necessarily more meritorious son, rather than the expected primogeniture, is subversive. The perspective of the marginalized, the racialized, the minority. It's good news for the underdog. But what's the message for you this time? With whom do you identify most or least in this chapter?